You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to this week's Outstanding Life Podcast, and I want to say a big hello to all my friends listening on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM. I am so pumped up about today's podcast. You know, people often ask me, Johnny D, who are your favorite drivers to interview when you are at a NASCAR race? Got to be honest with you, today we have one on the phone with me. We have Jeremy Clements on the phone, the driver of the number 51 Chevy Camaro in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Jeremy, hello, my friend. What is up, Johnny D? So good to be on your show, dude. I always love coming out and hanging out with you and talking to you and getting interviewed by you. It's always so much fun. So I'm jacked up to be on your show, brother. Thank you. Well, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking a few minutes, you know, hanging out with us here. You know, Jeremy, I I would love, I would love, I was, I was joking around with you earlier today. I want to help you get that big, huge sponsor that you deserve. You, you've been in racing how long? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I've raced since I was seven years old, uh, started in, uh, go-karts on the dirt tracks. And then, uh, my first, race on asphalt wasn't until i was 17 jeremy did you at talladega did you just say 17 17 yeah yeah 17 (laughs) these kids now are young i know it's crazy man and and so uh i've been full-time in the nascar xfinity series since 2011 and yeah the only reason uh i haven't gotten to move to cup on sundays because of of money situation unfortunately because it just takes millions and millions of dollars, and I, I, I've had a hard time uh, finding that kind of funding to do that. So we just continue to do it this way and run our own team, and we've been with Chevrolet uh, a long, long time, and we love that too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we we can certainly uh, we can get the job done too on certain days. We won last year at Daytona. We won at Road America in 2017. So, I'm proud of our small little team, and uh, but yeah, it'd be it'd be bad to run on Sunday too. What was it like for you to go from dirt to being at that first race at Talladega? You must have been you must have been scared. I mean, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't scared. I was. Uh, I thought it was easy because uh, <laughs> Talladega. You just. I remember. I was like. So wonder if I can just hold this thing wide open or what, what I remember going in the first, like in turn three and four, the first time I let off, I was like, Oh, this has got a lot of grip. So I just, from there, I just held it wide open. I thought, wow, this is way easier than, than, uh, while I was driving dirt late miles at the time. Those are, those are fun as hell to drive 800 horsepower. You're turning right more than you're turning left in those. And, uh, th- those will work you out too. So I thought it was easy. And then we got on the track. Uh, we qualified sixth, and then we uh, we got on the track and finished fifteenth that day. We actually had a lug nut get jammed between the wheel and the hub, and we had some problems on pit road there. But uh, it was a good debut. I learned a lot. I actually needed an IV too after the race because I was not used to that heat in in a closed cockpit race car versus uh, the dirt cars that I drove then were were open cockpit and you you didn't get like as hot. So I remember thinking it was easy but then obviously in the draft it's a whole different ball game but then i thought wow it's really hot in this car so uh definitely a different world and a different uh deal to get prepared for oh, man, I, I i'm just thinking to myself i mean but the races are so much longer as well were you in great shape back then as well no i mean i didn't you know i wasn't prepared like i should have been i mean I, like i said the heat got to me uh talladega is easy to drive so that really wasn't an issue it was a 300 mile race. I do remember that. And so obviously that's a lot longer than a 50 lap to a hundred lap dirt race that you're, you're doing on a little, uh, three eighths to half mile track. So yeah, just a lot of differences, but man, 
dirt racing is what I love and grew up doing. And, and I sure I'll be back on a dirt track, uh, another day for sure. They're, they're throwing out some big money in those races too. And, uh, my family, they build racing engines for, for dirt late models. So, uh, it's a bad type of racing. I love it. I, and I respect the hell out of those guys that, that race and, uh, you know, like Jonathan Davenport, that's going to be racing at Bristol this weekend. Uh, I've raced with him a bunch. Uh, a lot of guys that race those kind of cars could could do good in, in NASCAR type cars too. They they just not uh, unfortunately a lot of them just won't get the opportunity that they deserve because of, of funding too. Jeremy, whose idea was it for you to get in racing when you were a seven year old? I was tearing up. I was I mean I was killing the yard at, at my parents' house uh, <laughs> and, and I had two yard carts. I had friends that come over and we just raced the hell out of these things and. Uh, we had a trampoline, had a pretty good sized yard. I mean, it wasn't the biggest yard, but it was plenty big enough to ride a couple of go-karts around. And we had a trampoline and, and around that, around the trampoline, man, it was a hell of a turn. And we had that thing where it had, it had a, a good groove in it. It was dirt. I mean, it was so much fun. So, uh, I think I was five, five to seven. And then when I turned seven, uh, for Christmas, uh, I, I got a, a go-kart from my grandfather Crawford and, and he ta- started taking the, Jason, my brother and I to Buck Creek Speedway in Chesney, South Carolina to race. And, uh, man, I mean, I was, I was hooked then. I just loved it so much. Did you play other sports growing up? Like, were you a baseball player, football player? No, not at all. I mean, I like playing basketball. Like when you go to, you go to school in the morning and you had time to, to shoot basketball and, play play basketball in the gym with your friends that's about it but i didn't never play a sport at all i was always racing so all the kids that are that are listening to you right now and, and maybe even the parents were you a seven eight year old 10 year old 12 year old that was great at school and then racing on the weekends or was that something that your parents said hey listen you better do good in school otherwise you're not racing on the weekends yeah i pretty much did well in school i mean i didn't uh i remember I think seventh, eighth grade, I had like, uh, man, I had like some kind of hard algebra, I think, or I, I don't know. And I was like, they put in ninth grade, they put me in like the, the good math class, whatever that's even called. I can't even recall right off the top of my head, but I was like, man, I, I can't be in this. It's too hard. And I don't, and just to be honest, I don't want to put that much effort into it. Cause I want to, I'm, I'm racing. I'm busy. I don't, I, I can't, like I can't this this math class is too hard. <laughs> so I told the guidance counselor, look, I'm I'm gonna be a race car driver and I, I really don't need to be in this hard math class. I need to just be in an easier one. <laughs> and uh, they they moved me out. I actually didn't even take any foreign language either. I mean, my guidance counselor was great. She let me kinda do what I, I needed to do and, and she saw me coming through the ranks and uh so that that was cool. I didn't even get to go to my graduation because I was racing the ARCA race at Charlotte that night, and I ended up finishing third. So, uh, man, yeah, I just I've just raced my whole life every weekend. Didn't even get, go to my prom. Didn't go to graduation. I've given the sport of racing my whole life. About people don't realize that Jeremy, how much you men and women give up coming through the ranks, and then when you finally get to the top, where you are today you're still giving up so much. People don't realize that, that, you know, you're not just racing on Saturday. I mean, you're working through the work week. Matter of fact, you're still at the race shop now. I am. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, this sport is, uh, you got to sacrifice a lot to be in this deal and to make it right and do good. And really from, from my childhood on, I've kind of, I've gave, I've gave a ton. I've gave as much as I can. A lot of the time, most, most times for sure and uh still doing it to this day and and i do love it does make me want to pull my hair out sometimes with all that goes on with it but at the end of the day i definitely love it and never regret it obviously at all i love when you get to sit in the car and you race and that's that's the part that all the other stuff it makes it worth it jeremy i was watching tv just the other day and did i see a commercial of you um, and, and it was like for batteries and spark plugs. Were you on TV? I mean, are, are you shooting, shooting commercials? <laughs> it's funny you say that, Johnny D. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we did a commercial shoot last year for E3 batteries and spark plugs. And we actually, we run those in our, in our engines, in our race cars, uh, 
on our engine side they put those spark plugs in those engines too so uh, they've been a big big great partner to us and and they have a hell of a product too uh lithium batteries these these things are bad and uh they work good so uh very grateful for them and then today literally this morning and all the way up till a little after two i was shooting a commercial for uh our friends wings etc which is a which a restaurant chain and there's about 80 something of those restaurants so they're sponsoring us at pocono michigan and indy this year and they're giving away a couple things for those races i i might have said too much already i don't even know but (laughs) uh you'll be seeing that kind of stuff popping up soon too that is awesome so let me ask you this this question comes up a lot jeremy and and i'm I'm so happy that um you're on the show today and just answering all these cool questions you know not only do these young men and women that are coming up through the ranks have to be a great race car driver but they also have to be a great actor a great salesman a great sales lady i mean there's so much more what advice could you give the men and women that that are listening right now, not just in the race car, but other things that come with the racing. I mean, should they even take some acting classes? <laughs> Johnny, you're you're exactly right, man. I it is it's changed. I don't know if it's changed. It's just gotten more and more where you need to be able to talk at any moment's notice about your sponsor, your partner, what they do all the things they can do for you and, or, and try to sell their product if they are selling something. But, uh, man, it is, uh, I wish honestly knowing what I know now, like 15 years ago, um, uh, you know, you just kind of, you start, you do all these interviews, radio interviews, TV interviews. And at first, I mean, it's very challenging cause you're not accustomed to it. And then as time goes on, you definitely try to get better. You learn how to talk better maybe <laughs> i don't even know if i have still but <laughs> still, try not to say mm, you know the things you do when you're talking and you know so it, you try to get better at it but it's it's tough man you know you got to do every week i'm doing at least three radio interviews some tv if we get interviewed uh but yeah it just it, it changes daily and like i said this this morning we shot a commercial i had to memorize a bunch of script that's pretty tough for for me i don't do that often so uh it, it's 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 challenging so yeah like you said maybe go take a, a some sort of speaking class uh acting even i don't know i mean it it, it definitely will not uh hurt you for sure uh to take a speaking class i think it would be great for you if you're starting out because it's very important to do good in that area Jeremy, I have to ask, you know, you uh, doing all these commercials, being on TV all the time, do you have, do you have to wear makeup? And, and, and I want you <laughs> oh, to be yeah. honest with me and everybody listening right now. I mean, because, I mean, I know you're you're young, you're a good-looking young man, but do you have to wear makeup when, when, when you do some of this stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. You got you to gotta <laughs> get whatever, you got to get on that camera so you'll look right. I don't know. I don't, luckily, Johnny, I don't have to put that stuff on myself because it would be a, a nightmare or a disaster. I mean, I'd be, I don't put on makeup. So, uh, <laughs> so hey, is, yeah, that, is, just, is that something you, you say to your wife? Do you say, Hey babe, you know, I got this shoot today. Uh, can you go ahead and like put some makeup on me <laughs> or do they have somebody there on set doing that for you? I'll never say that to my wife because <laughs> that's what she does for a living. She's on, and she's always trying to ask me to go on her videos and do it. She's a, She's an influencer on TikTok and, and, and reviews and puts on makeup and all that. And she's always asking me to put, hey, can I put on makeup on you? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> uh, I mean, she puts on some wild stuff, pink and bright green and blue. I'm, I don't need, no, they don't put all that on me. So uh, I would never ask her to put on makeup for me because she'll be wanting me to do that all the time. So you being married, did your wife know you coming up through the ranks or did you meet her after you were already famous? <laughs> I met her at the racetrack, actually. You did? Uh, I did, yeah. 2015, I started seeing her uh, around the track and, and did, uh, started talking to her here and there and then, uh, yeah, just, just hit it off and wanted to pursue her. So, so I went after her and... Uh, here we are. We're, we're going to be married six years uh, next month. So time flies, man. It was crazy. I worked and 
definitely blessed to be with her. That That is so awesome. So I just have to ask, because I don't even know this. How did you ask your wife to marry you? So uh, I had to do something extreme because I love <laughs> an adrenaline rush. And so I took her uh, took her skydiving. We had never, we'd never been skydiving. And that's something I always wanted to do. And I thought, well, I want to do this. And I need to propose to her. So why not combine them? So we did that, man. And once we jumped out and once we got the bottom, uh, I, I, uh, I proposed to her then on the ground after she got unhooked from the guy that she was on. <laughs> Since we did, you know, a tandem skydive, I mean, we, we, we can't do it by ourselves yet. Does she still watch every race? You know, I, I don't know what she does during a race, honestly, most time. I mean, there's no telling. Like, at home, if she's at home, I, I highly doubt she's sitting there watching the race because uh, I know how she is and she, she's always doing something and uh, she's very into her into her work. So she's probably working and she probably just keeps up with it on her phone or iPad or whatever. Uh, but but yeah, like when we won Daytona, she was she was out hanging out with our, our partners and friends and sponsors, everybody. And uh, she she'd already had a few few to drink. So I was that race got rain delayed. You know, the race was supposed to start at seven thirty and it didn't start till ten thirty. So I hell, I thought, yeah, she'll they'll all be these all these people be drunk by the time this race <laughs> is even halfway over. So that's uh, yeah. I, there's never any telling what she's going to be doing during the race. Okay, one more question about your wife before we get into some more racing stuff, and that is, do you follow your wife on social? Oh yeah, I definitely do. I mean. I've got to like all her stuff, so no, I mean, she she don't she don't tell me that, but I feel like that would be a an issue if I didn't like all her stuff uh, to give her those extra likes. <laughs> but she's on, uh, like I said, TikToks her bread and butter right now, unless they shut it down. But I don't really, I actually have a TikTok, man. I haven't posted on that thing in forever, uh, and I really don't look at it that much, but I try to just get on there and pop on there and like all her stuff just to help her out. You know, that's awesome. Do you have race day uh, rituals, man? I used to like maybe, but these days I don't hell. I'm so, I'm so busy with, and, and I'm sure most drivers are too. I mean, we, we have interviews like we said all this earlier. We have interviews, we have appearances. Uh, you're, you're lucky to get food in your stomach before you get on the track, to be honest. I mean, you're, you got all these guests coming and they all want to see you and talk with you before the race. Uh, so man, if, if you have a ritual, you better get used to doing it like, uh, another time because most of the time you're just not going to have time to do anything. What's one of the coolest gifts you've received from a fan? We've gotten a lot of cool stuff over the years. Uh, I mean, kids and, and, uh, have made me different paintings and like even rocks. They've, They've painted rocks and necklaces and bracelets and hell t-shirts. They're like, we made you your own t-shirt with your car on it. I mean, you name it, man, we've gotten it. I, it's been, it, it kind of takes you back little, uh, Oh, diecast cars. There was a guy that literally last week came to our shop, uh, say he was from Sweden or something. And he made a, uh, a, a small, uh, wing. It was actually a wings, et cetera uh diecast car and and the, the local wings etc owner scott mcfalls was here and i actually gave it to him because it looks so dang good and i said man this is from a fan but i i, I think you should have it because it's your car and it looks so good uh so yeah i mean you name it dude we've gotten it it's it's been amazing i'm always i'm behind right now on getting back to people like i have some fan mail here at the shop and uh they they uh, mail y'all kind of stuff and it, you'd be surprised it comes from canada uh all over the u.s of course uh, and just everywhere it's it's crazy to me that people even want my signature to be honest with you jeremy and you know what's cool and, and i want to share this with everybody listening the one thing that i respect about you and I've seen this with my own eyes with the fans that come to the racetrack to hear your interviews you know at the team chevy display but I've seen people literally have the handwritten letters that when they do send something to you, you always try to put a handwritten letter back to that fan, written especially to them. And matter of fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we or I met 
that one of the fans that that you've done that for. And he said, it's so special to me that he carries it with him all the time. What does that mean for you knowing, and and you met him, you were, you, you, you were there. What does that mean to you that these fans, I mean, you, you know, it might not have been a big deal to you, but you took time to hand write a letter to this young man. And he literally has it in his backpack all the time to remind him of you and you, of you doing that for him. I mean, I, I just, I just think that's so amazing. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, seriously, that's, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I try to look at it like, what can I do to make this person's day, make it a little more special, things like that. And that's why it takes me a little longer maybe to get to it than sometimes, but yeah, just write them a little note telling them I appreciate their support and hope to see you at the racetrack soon. And like you said, that guy, he came to Atlanta Motor Speedway and he was at our Chevy, uh, Chevy display appearance, which I love doing with you. And you do such an amazing job with all that. But, uh, actually, yeah. And I, and I ended up telling them, Hey man, I'm gonna give you a, get you a couple passes, uh, pit passes for when you come to, to, to your race of choice. So he, he's going to come to the next Atlanta race and he's going to be a guest of ours on pit road and during the race. So just try to, you know, you're, you get in this role and you, you want to try to do for people, that especially ones that appreciate it and that love our sport and, and even new ones that never been, you want to get them to the racetrack and get them to be a, you know, a fan or supporter of this sport as well. And, and when we have that opportunity to do that, I, I really enjoy doing that. So that's what I, I try to do is make it special for people and, um, get them to the racetrack and, uh, you know, just make them a fan of our sport somehow. Who were your Who were your racing heroes growing up in the sport? What drivers did you want to be like? I used to be a big Kyle Petty fan. He drove that forty two Mellie yellow car, and I thought that thing was badass. And he had that <laughs> he had that long hair, you know, like it was. Uh, he just looked different than other guys. And then I just love. Well, I love Mellie yellow too. We had a drink machine here at our shop. We still in the same shop that my grandpa built in nineteen seventy two or three. And then we've added on to it, of course, and and it's it looks a lot different now. But uh, we're still in that same shop, and in that shop, he had a drink machine and it had Mellow Yellow in it. So I drink the hell out of that stuff. That is <laughs> so that's, neat. That's probably why I like uh, Kyle Petty so much. And it, and I think my first, uh, not my first go kart, but like after my first one, uh, we had a Mellow Yellow go kart. It was uh, it, I just I just love that that scheme, that color. And then days of thunder came out, uh, you know, in ni- 1990. And I, and I watched that movie and that was a mellow yellow car at the end, Rowdy Burns, 51, Cold trickle, all that. I, so I just, I guess I loved all that because of that. But, uh, and then I started watching, uh, I remember watching when, when Petty, Richard Petty, uh, retired, I watched him growing up and then he retired at the end of 92. And then Jeff Gordon came in and started following his career. So, I liked all those guys, man. And I like different ones for different reasons. And then, then I kind of, uh, I, I like Mark Martin a lot growing up watching him because that guy raced respectful and he, but he raced hard too. And he was very good and everybody respected him. And I, and I just always thought that's what I want to, that's why, that's how I want to be looked at. I want to be looked at like, like Mark Martin, uh, did or was, uh, just r- raced hard, but raced respectful. What's one of the coolest things you've got to do because of who you are and what you do for a living? Oh man. You know, uh, there's, uh, there's been so many, I, I don't even know which one to say. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun just doing all kinds of random things that, you know, you'd never think you'd be able to do, uh, going to play, touring different places that, uh, Air Force bases, uh, seeing our different military uh, places that you wouldn't, this is a regular civilian wouldn't be able to go in. Uh, all these Air Force bases we go to, uh, that that's been special to me. That's been a lot of fun. I uh, still haven't got to get in a in a in a jet yet, uh, but that that's on my list to do. I think we can talk somebody into that. I want to definitely do that. I know I know there've been some Cup drivers gotten to do it. They they hadn't taken me up there yet, but. Uh, a lot of that kind of stuff is so cool to me and I love what they do and obviously appreciate the service of our military and just getting them to just seeing them 
and how they operate up close has probably been the most special to me. That is so cool. Now, I know you you really want to go up in a jet, and and I, and I hope that you get to do that. But have you ever done just the opposite and go up in this about the slowest thing on the planet, and that's the Goodyear blimp? Man, no, but I would do it. I'd do an orbit. I've never been in a hot air balloon either. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. Now that that is, that is really cool. That is super cool. I was I was nervous, but I've, I yeah yeah that was that was definitely cool. Yeah, you definitely would, have to experience that. And you know that is something you should do. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. So when we went to Phoenix this last year, November, we stayed with our folks at our our friends and partners from Spartan Waste and Fox Sports Spartanburg. And they, they, we rented a big house, and uh, we were looking at going to a sunset hot air balloon trip, but it was, uh, it started early, and uh, we, I didn't think my wife could get up. I didn't, you know, and it was about an hour away, so we'd have had to leave at like three, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. So we, we aborted that mission. But man, that's, that's on my hot, on my, on my hit list. I mean, have you ever been hurt inside the race car? Oh yeah, hell yeah, I've been. Uh, in 2004, in my dirt late model, the drive shaft come through the cockpit of the car and uh, literally about ripped my hand and arm off. I mean, it it did a number on it. You know, this drive shaft is a little two inch drive shaft, and those things are going a million miles an hour. So it came through the car when I was going straight down the straightaway. Didn't even wreck or anything, and and it did a number, man. It it, it it they wanted to amputate my hand and arm when I got to the hospital, and luckily, a good Lord willing, uh, you know, my dad was like, "We're not staying here," and they're like, "All right, we'll try to we'll we'll try to save it." So it was first surgery was seven eight hours long, and then I was in the hospital for three to four weeks at first, and I went home with my hand literally sewn to my hip uh, for a skin graft, and then I had ten surgeries in total. And uh, lost a year racing, and um, man, I didn't think uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. But it was it was terrible, something that I didn't see coming at all. And I, you know, those cars have a hoop in there for when they do break. But the way it broke, the piece got in there past it. So that was that was a bad bad deal. And uh, I was definitely down the dumps for that year, but kept telling the doctors just make it where I can grip a wheel. And, uh, I mean, they were like, you'll never race again. And, uh, you know, they weren't the most, uh, they positive people, <laughs> but they, but they were good at what they did and they fixed it. Uh, but they, they just didn't believe I would be able to drive again. Have you ever spotted for another driver? I have not actually. I've been up there to the spotter stand to watch practice before, but I've never spotted. So are you a driver driver that likes a lot of chatter in his ear? a lot of talk or are you somebody like, tell me what I need to hear. Otherwise I don't want to hear nothing. You know, I, over the years I've tried to get easier and just, just, you know, you get different spotters over the years because I mean, you're never just going to have the same spotter forever. It's just not going to happen. I've had, a, I've had a lot of great spotters and you know, it, it, they, they leave you over the years, go different teams that pay more money and different things like that. But uh, I, I kind of tell them just, Hey, just do your thing. And then we'll go from there. We'll figure it out. If I need to tell you, Hey man, uh, might not like this. Uh, no, no offense though for me, uh, please do this. You know, so I try to try to be courteous and nice to them and let them do their thing. And if I, if I don't like something, I'll tell them, but yeah, like at Daytona Talladega, they're going to be talking nonstop most likely. And then the other races, uh, like a road course, you don't really need a whole lot there. Uh, short tracks, Bristol, you're going to need more there too. So I don't know. It just depends on the track. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't either way for me now, I'll, I'll take it however I can get it. Are you the same guy inside that race car as you are sitting here today? Just nice, calm, cool, collective, funny, smart, <laughs> or are you totally the opposite? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say I was smart? <laughs> <laughs> I would say 100% not. <laughs> I, I, I'm usually, and I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've, I've toned it back a little bit because uh, I've been known to jump off the deep end pretty, pretty easily. <laughs> Getting mad about, you know, if the car, something happened with the car mechanical or, or somebody ran into you or the crew did something wrong. Uh, you know, I try not to 
definitely don't try to badmouth those guys anymore at all. Not that I did before. Just you might get mad and say, what the hell is taking so long? (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to even do that anymore. Those guys are so talented and we're all going to, you know, make mistakes here and there. It's just, it's just going to happen. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fired up in the car this past weekend. We had, I think, uh, an an alternator just went out 30 something laps to go out of nowhere. The car just shut off, no power, no nothing didn't give any sign and man i was i was pretty soft to be you know to be honest i was very soft right because i just thought uh, man what I, we've had this problem before what the hell's happening why did this happen now and I'm just mad so yeah i get fired up and we're racing martinsville um after this weekend we don't race this weekend but we race martinsville and that place i always seem to get soft there you know people <laughs> You get you get beat up there. Your back bumper gets beat up. You're beating a guy in front of you. Uh, you're you're kind of sandwiched a lot of the time. You're nowhere to go, and it just I just you just get fired up there. So I'm I'm already thinking about Martinsville. Thinking about I'm gonna be getting off, and I better be ready. <laughs> a lot of the drivers they say to me they love to hang out with other drivers, or they're the type that say I don't even talk to other drivers. Where are you in that situation? Are you friends with other drivers or do you want no friends on the racetrack? No, I'm friends with other drivers. I mean, there's some definitely two-faced drivers that over the years I've had problems with that that tell you, hey, we're going to race clean, race respectful. And then they they don't. They do stupid stuff. And and then you, you end up both of you are wrecking each other or just he's on your door nonstop. He won't let you buy even if you're way faster, things like that. And then you're like, well, hell with this guy, I'm not talking to him anymore. So I, over the years, uh, there's been some of those guys come in and out of sport. And then, you know, I look at guys like Justin Allgaier, got no problems with Justin, been a friend of him. I've been, me and him come through ARCA together. He races that Justin races hard too. <laughs> and, uh, and he's gotten himself in some trouble for that, but he, He's a hard-nosed racer, and me and him love talking to each other. Uh, you got guys like uh, J.J. Yaley. Uh, he's fun to be around. We've done a lot of stuff together off the track, hung out with his family, uh, seen his daughter grow up. And uh, and then you, and then like Alex LeBay, uh, love that dude. He's another driver that's a hell of a wheelman, get the job done anywhere. If I had a second car, I'd put him in it in a heartbeat. And, uh, yeah, those are just the ones that come off the top of my head. Uh, good guys that, that you love to be around and, and me and Alex, I'll give you an example. I mean, we race hard as hell and I'm thinking, you know, sometimes I even think I'm like, so are we really friends? Cause we're just <laughs> like, we don't cut any, each other, any slack at all. And I'm, uh, I'm, I, it's just, it's just funny how that works. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, Hey, we're both out here trying to, you know, win this race. So it's nothing personal, but uh, it can it can definitely complicate your friendships with other drivers. Jeremy, if somebody's listening right now to this podcast and and they have a business or they just want to put their name out there, they want to sponsor a race car, and they're like, you know what, Jeremy, he really is a lot of fun. I would love <laughs> to sponsor this guy. How could people get a hold of you? And are you looking for more sponsors for this year? Yeah, I mean, we are definitely always looking for for future partners. I mean, it this racing deal is extremely tough on the financial side of it. It takes a lot of money to do it and to do it right and to make these cars go fast, get all the best people you can get, buy those Goodyear tires, everything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to we, – we, we're covered up primary sponsorship-wise. Uh, thank the good Lord above for that. And then uh, we still definitely have some associates. Uh, sponsorship available here and there throughout the year but uh you can hit us up on uh on my twitter or on facebook send a message and and then we can we can start emailing Uh, i would think that'd be the best way on instagram we've had plenty of people uh i've hooked up with uh our our my good friend steve carnes from first pacific funding we hooked up through twitter he was sending um he was sending tickets away on on twitter through to our military and i joined him to to give out pit passes as well we just started talking and then he's like man i've always wanted to sponsor a car and be a part of it and i was like well hell let's do it (laughs) and uh i mean that's literally how it happened and then 
I give you another one. Whitetail Smokeless. They came on board through Instagram, uh, sent me a message and just asked, Hey, uh, I got this amount of money. Can we do anything? And we started working together and, and they've been with us since, uh, 2020, I think. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's social media has been, it's good and bad, right? right. It's, a, it's a necessary evil. I've met a lot of great people on there. And then, you know, you just have, a, you know, how it is. You have a lot of, you, you have some, definitely some negativity on there too, but met a lot of great people. And so I, if you want to hook us up, just go to any platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, send us a message and then we can uh, start communicating. That is so cool. With all the years, you, you you said you've been racing since you were seven years old. Do you have a favorite trophy in your trophy case? And I don't mean just in the NASCAR side of things. I mean, throughout your career is like, do you have a man cave? Do you keep all the trophies at the race shop? And is there one right now that sticks in your mind that you're like, you know what? That is pretty cool. Well, all my dirt track racing ones are at, at the shop and they're a lot of, most of them are in the race car shop. And then there's the bigger ones that we won the championship, the point championship the year. Those are really tall and big. So we had to put them on another shelf that's, that could handle them. So they're over there in the engine shop side. I'm really proud of those because uh, there was one year that we won two races when I was 15 in a four cylinder dirt car, the same within six days of each other. One, one paid 16,000 and one paid 12,000. So to win, you know, that much money, 28,000 in, in six days as a 15 year old, I, I was, uh, I was just really proud of that. So those checks and trophies are, are at our shop still here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then, uh, at the moment, my Daytona winning trophy is at the NASCAR hall of fame. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah. So that's really cool to me. They have a, a memorable moments display area that has different things that happen and they chose uh they chose me for uh a section of that so that was that was super cool to me so uh i can't well, i haven't actually got to see it I, I i've been sent a picture of it but it'll be there for you got the rest of the year to go see it so go check it out if you're in charlotte the nascar hall of fame uh but yeah i've got got some other trophies at home i do have the road america trophy that we won our first NASCAR Xfinity win at uh, in Road America 2017, and I've got the 2007 uh, Gibson guitar from the ARCA race at Nashville that we won at my house too. So uh, there, there's definitely some special trophies to me that we have still. Do you play guitar? I mean, because everybody would love <laughs> to play a Gibson guitar. Yeah, uh, Johnny D, I cannot play the guitar. The only pl the guitar I could play is maybe Guitar Hero, <laughs> like the video game. <laughs> or Air Guitar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell, anybody can play that, but uh, I, I tried to play it, and it's awful. I, I, I just can't do it. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the skills for that. <laughs> Jeremy, I was, um, you know, at the Chevy display, and a fan walked by, and it, I don't know if I saw what I saw, and I want you to explain this, if I saw what I saw, but were they Ooh. drinking a Jeremy Clements beer? Do you have your own beer, or did I read the, the beer can wrong? <laughs> yeah, you you actually, wow, you noticed that. I'm I'm surprised, to be honest. I, you you paid attention, yeah. We, so we have- uh, So you have your own beer? Up. Your own line of beer? Yeah. Yeah, we partnered up with uh, R.J. Rockers in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where we live here and uh, have our shop, everything, obviously. And they they got with our, our folks at Spartan Waste, Foxport, Spartanburg, Carolina Driveline, and we come up with a beer. And they, we get, we came out with it. It came out uh, last October when we, we raced Martinsville. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's called Racing Fuel, of course. So that stuff is, is pretty damn good. And it, it'll get like you drink two of them. They're five point two, I think. And I'm telling you, you drink two of them, you, you you're gonna have a little buzz going on. I'm telling you, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, as long as I've known you, I didn't know this at all. And I've yet I to 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 go to my door and see a box, and inside that box was a twelve pack of your beer. Well, we, I, I tell you what, I'm we'll just take saying, care of that. Jeremy. You, I'm just saying. I mean. Just, you know what? I, I, you I what, thought we Johnny were friends, D. buddy. And this is no BS. And you know we're, we got we're gonna have people listen to this, so you they can, they can double check. But you just 
after this this is done, you text me your address, and I, I won't come there in person and deliver it like you want me to. But I will, <laughs> I will, I will have UPS ship it. Hey, can the fans actually order that online and have it shipped to their house or to their business, or is that something you have to go to the bar to get? Yeah, unfortunately not. They don't. They don't have any to, to. They don't have it to do that. They have it. They have it here at their where they make it, and then they sell it in some local stores here right okay. now. So maybe I have definitely told them that there are a lot of people interested that that would buy it, at, but would need to ship it. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Do you have a favorite racetrack? I mean, you know that 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 question comes up all the time. Do you have a favorite place to go? I gotta say Bristol. I think growing up, I grew up racing a lot of dirt high bank short tracks and those were always my favorite and bristol just just reminds me of racing on those and i love going there the atmosphere it just i don't know there's certain racetracks you feel you're pumped up at you don't you, you just you just have that feeling there For and the- that's just one of them i love i love the speed and the high banking uh, the way the groove moves from the bottom to the top uh, as the race progresses. It's just a damn ton of fun to me. For the fans that don't know and never been to Bristol, explain how the first couple laps of that place, you're literally not breathing. Or at least that's what I've heard from you drivers. Is that true? I mean, it's so fast and the G's are so much that it is, it's hard to catch your breath. Oh, man, it's crazy, Johnny D. I'm telling you, the first time... I went there and raced. I, I, I was like, man, I got to tell myself to breathe. Like, what the hell? And I'm used to that. I was used to that because I was already driving, you know, uh, these high bank dirt tracks, like I said, at, at Bulls Gap, Tennessee, which is right down the road. That place is haul ass fast. Uh, Crossville, Tennessee, uh, another high bank dirt track. These are tracks that, just like Bristol, you're going around there 13 to 15 seconds. You're hauling. And man, I mean, you got to You just still got to tell yourself to breathe. You know, um, those are those are my types of tracks. You got to get up on the wheel. You got to be aggressive. You got to be able to put that car in there, get it to turn right back in the gas, hard as you can, and tug on that wheel. And but yeah, you're right. Like uh, first first lap or two or three, uh, you're not breathing. <laughs> I mean, you're you're holding in, and then you're like. Oh, I got to breathe. I got to breathe. Okay, okay, okay. Breathe, breathe, breathe. So you're telling yourself to breathe and then relax. Don't grip the wheel too hard. There's certain things you're telling yourself while you're out there racing. What type of racing would you like to try? If, if, If I said right now, here's all the money you need to do any type of racing anywhere in the world. Jeremy Clements, what kind of racing would you love to try at least one time? Man, I'd try any of it. I mean, I, I would say my top three would be sprint car, which I never did a sprint car. I've never obviously done an Indy car. I, I would love to try that on a road course. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And then, hell, I'd even tie, try a, uh, I wouldn't mind trying a top fuel dragster. I think really? That'd be, I think that'd be awesome to just to try it. I mean, all right. I, I, I don't, I like, I don't really, Drag race, I, I respect the hell out of drag racing. I'm a, I'm more of a, a oval type or road course type guy. Um, or or I'd like to, and I still, and I think this could be a possibility one day, is to try the, you know, a 24-hour type event, like a sports car uh, type event race. Uh, those are on my hit list too. So, man, dang, I got a lot of cars that I want to try. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I better start you, saving my pennies to, here. That's what I was going to say. You, got, you better start getting me some money. Hey, what's the best advice you've ever received in racing? Got to have a short memory. You know, you, you can't get hung up on what happened last weekend. You, you got to be able to move on quickly because, man, this sport, it, it'll eat you up quick. It, I mean, it's tough as hell. So you can just... Not if you can have a short memory and be able to move on and don't let the past weekend bother you and focus on the next weekend, that's what you're going to have to do week in and week out to be successful. You know, a, a lot of people often ask you drivers, what are like, what's your favorite paint scheme? And I know that, that you said, you know, you, the mellow yellow was one of your favorite ones growing up. A lot of the drivers also have a favorite paint scheme on their helmet. Do you have a helmet that's just 
you know, solid black, solid white, or do you have your helmets done? If so, who does your helmets? Yeah, man. I mean, I've had my, my helmets done by uh, Ryan Young of Indocile Art since I was a teenager. And so when I raced dirt cars and I didn't have like a big, big, big sponsor, I mean, I just tell him to go wild. And he, so he would chrome these things out and then he'd put these candy colors that pop on it. And, and this one time he put like a good looking woman on the side of it, uh, which I, I mean, I it has to be your wife, right? Yeah. Is that what you told her? <laughs> well, well, she was, this one's, uh, got dark hair. My wife's blonde. So I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to figure that one out, but, uh, uh, I still have that helmet. It's at my house actually, but, uh, uh, beautiful helmets just does amazing work. And, and now I, I've got to get all these sponsors on them. So most of the time they've, they're, they've got their scheme on it and whatever they want on it, which I'm very happy to do. Very happy that I have them. So I'll do whatever they want to do. I don't have, uh, at the moment, I don't have just a helmet that, that I had a lot of input in, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I just give them the scheme of the sponsors, ask them what they want and kind of go from there. But I like letting those guys be creative because they're artists and just letting them go do whatever they want to do and make it look good. That's what I always tell, tell Ryan anyway. And he's, He's done phenomenal work for me all the, all these years. For the fans out there that that are listening right now, and they're like, "Oh my God, this guy is great! I want to go to a race for the first time, or I want to watch, you know, NASCAR for the first time." Or for the fans that don't know what it's like to be inside that race car on a hot day, it's 140 in that car. You're you're mentally drained. You know, this question came in, and and I'm setting that up for you because when someone pulls a jerk move on the road when you're driving down the highway. Does that compare to when someone pulls a jerk move on the track? Is that the same feeling for us? No, <laughs> not at all, Johnny D. That's a, the thing about it is you're sitting in your car. And you're going to be comfortable. You're going to be listening to some good music, most likely, unless you're talking on the phone or something, or your wife's running her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it's totally different, dude. Like, you're in a hostile environment in a race car. You're You're – you can't hardly move at all. I mean, can't turn your head. You're hot. Uh, like I said, it, it depends on the racetrack. You could be at a short track getting beat and banged on and, and the guy won't get out of the way. Can't pass them. And you're getting beat on from behind. You're, so you're frustrated or you're at a road course in the middle of the summer and it's hotter than hell. Like you said, it's 140 degrees and you're like, you just pass halfway and you're thinking, Oh man, I wonder if I can make it the rest of the way. It's, <laughs> it's bad. I've I've had those thoughts in my head. You know, I don't have a. They have these cool shirts out here these past couple years, and a lot of a lot of drivers gotten them. I haven't I haven't made the plunge yet. I don't have one. I just have some air blowing to my helmet, and so I it gets extremely hot when we race, say Nashville in June coming up, uh, Charlotte and uh, Memorial Day weekend. Those are hot races. Uh, Darlington coming up. Daytona. Uh, Daytona in, in August. Uh, yeah, so a lot of hot races coming up. You got to definitely start conditioning <clears throat> and drinking uh, fluids heavily, not beer, uh, unfortunately. So to, to, to prepare, I try to run and, and be in the heat and just get my body acclimated to it and then just drink nonstop before. And But, man, you don't drink too much. You got to right before you get in the car because that's the worst feeling ever <laughs> so <laughs> i i guess i'm just going to ask this since you brought into it or led into that question the fans always want to know when you like sometimes you're in that race car for three hours so if you do have to go to the bathroom what do you race car drivers do i mean a lot of the guys just themselves which i think is disgusting and i and i personally can't do it there was a couple times i had to try to i i had to and i literally could not do it so I, as soon as that race was over, I hauled to the Port of John and, and uh, <laughs> you know, took a leak. But uh, my advice is to stop drinking fluids at least 30 minutes uh, or 45 minutes to an hour before the race. And, and make sure you pee right before you get in that car. Like as soon as, right before you get into it, that's the last minute you got. And then from there, uh, if, it's, if it's hot outside, you're going to be sweating. So therefore, you're probably not going to have to pee. That's in my case anyway. And then like, okay, I've learned my lesson. So like when it's 
when it's not that hot and you're not going to be sweating that much like you're usually sweating, like at the beginning of the season, per se, you do not. I, all I drink, I just take a sip of a drink. I don't drink a lot because that's what gets you in trouble because you're not sweating. And there's been times where I just had to go so bad. And I'm like, you can't drink this much if you're not sweating that much. So that's what I tell myself. <laughs> Jeremy, with only a couple minutes to go, I want to run through some of these questions that came in on social media. And I'll just run through these with you. And, and you you tell me, I'll go run on to the next one. Um, apple or cherry pie? Uh, can we do both? But I mean, I like I like apple better. Okay, so both is the answer. Favorite toppings on your pizza? Oh, dude, I'm not picky. Like, as I've gotten older, I'll eat anything. I like trying different things. I'll do, I like a lot of toppings, though. So do, do like a meat one. I'll even do Hawaiian chicken, anything. <laughs> Are you a planner <laughs> or do you wing it? I'm both, dude. Like, I have to plan my vacations for my wife and I. Like, I, I have to do, like, we're going on a cruise. I book it all. And, and, then, then I'm spontaneous. I'm like, Hey, you want to go, you want to go somewhere for the weekend for a few days to get away? Like, so I, I kind of do either or arrive early or arrive late. I like to be early, but I'm definitely more late than not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this past weekend at Richmond, 8am practice, which by the way, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, trying to get in the track. They park us, you know, a mile outside I, I barely made it to to be there on time for that. And and then we literally pull on a track and a lightning struck. We had to come right back in. So <laughs> it's, it's, that was one of those moments where you're like, I did all this rushing for nothing. Jeremy Clements, I can't thank you enough for coming on the Outstanding Life podcast. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you know, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And now I know the last 50 minutes of everybody listening, you know why Jeremy Clements is one of my favorite drivers to interview. Jeremy, thank you so much again. Oh, Johnny D, thank you so much as well, man. You're one of my favorites to talk to. And I'm just grateful to have people like you in our sport uh, for, for your talents as well. So thank you and appreciate it. And Hey guys, if you see me and Johnny D at the racetrack, come and say, Hey, come visit us and uh, we'll talk some more, but I appreciate being on the show. Have a good one. Again, everybody, that's Jeremy Clements, the driver of the number 51 Chevy Camaro on the NASCAR Xfinity series. I'm Johnny D the motivational cowboy. Thank you for listening to this week's outstanding life podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day. Hey, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Are you planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker? I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And don't forget to check out my Outstanding Life podcast every Sunday here on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Have an outstanding day.